Welcome in to another episode of the Football Monsters Podcast. You've got your boy Caleb here. Hey guys, Devin uh, played solo last week, so it was only fair if I uh, ran solo this week to be able to give him a little bit of a break. But he gave to you guys with some rankings, so I felt like I should do the same and let you guys all know why um, Devin was basically wrong last week on some of his stuff. And I know... He mentioned some things about some people that I was really high on. And again, we're just going to, we'll just start our little fight, fight for our rankings early this season. So we're just going to jump in with some rookie rankings. Um, I broke down everything very similar to how Devin did it. I'm also going to kind of throw in where if I was looking at a rookie draft uh, coming up or was getting ready to participate in one where, where I'd kind of draft them as well. So let's go ahead and just dive on in. And we're going to start with our running back. So obviously there's not much to talk about here. The best running back on the board by far is Brees Hall in this draft. He ended up going to a very, very solid landing spot. It does kind of suck for you. Michael Carter owners, uh, not, not great for you all, but as far as the jets are concerned, this is a great pickup for them. Um, just a really solid big back. He's done it at a, at a pretty high level at Iowa state, almost ran for 4,000 yards there, which is ridiculous. Uh, almost 1500 this past season, setting an FPS record, you know, with touchdowns and 24 straight games. I mean, fourth in all purpose yards at almost 150 per game. Ended up running a 439, 40 inch for, I mean, the list just, I mean, guys, this is insane. Just absolutely insane. So I think he was the clear cut number one, and he will be the clear cut number one in most people's rookie drafts. It would be really stupid not to take him unless you're very good in the running back position. Um, and maybe you traded for that pick. You need maybe some help at wide receiver. We'll see. But Brees Hall, definitely the clear number one running back in this league. Don't see that changing. He's going to be a stud for the Jets, not only for this year, but moving forward as well. Now, here's where we're going to have start, start having some problems. And a lot of you guys, hey, just a heads up. You can start throwing some shade. It's fine. I'll tell you why um, I have where I have these people. <laughs> All right. I like the landing spots. I like the opportunities. And where I am going to differ is I do not have Kenneth Walker as my number two. I just don't. Um, it's not that he's not good. I think he is a solid running back as far as being a running back. He is a terrible pass blocker. He wasn't asked to do a lot of that at Michigan State. He's probably not going to get asked to do a lot in Seattle with it as well. I'm still very high on Rashad Penny. I think Rashad Penny had an amazing season, uh, end of season last year. And I really think he can still develop into a fantastic running back. And I think even if he was in this coming, like in this draft, this past season, he would probably be drafted very high. He's very talented. I do not like the landing spot for Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Walker at all. Um, in fact, I have him all the way down as my number four on my, uh, my rookie running back board. Um, he's not somebody that I'm targeting. He's not somebody I want to have anything to do with. I don't think it's a good landing spot because he will have to play behind Rashad Penny. He will have to play behind Travis Homer. He will have to play behind a very bad offensive line. I don't know what that quarterback position looks like. And as far as I'm concerned, Kenneth Walker's not overly impressive in the passing game. 
um, that's receiving. And again, he can't pass block. So I just don't see how he's really going to fit into this offense. I'm not sure why they drafted him, but I know they needed some depth there because they also get a ton of injuries. I just think he could have ended up uh, in, a, in a lot better position somewhere else. And to move into my number two person, so we just talked Kenneth Walker. He's on my he, out of my top five. He's my number four. My number two is Damian Pierce. I'm ex, I'm extremely high on Damian Pierce. I think Damian Pierce ending up in Houston is just an incredible opportunity um, for him. Uh, I know all my indie fans. I shouldn't say fans, but indie listeners. I know JT, and this is definitely going to hurt Devin. So Devin, listen up. I'm not scared of Marlon Mack. (laughs) I'm just not. I understand that he was a thousand yard rusher. Well, if he was all that good, you wouldn't have needed to go get Jonathan Taylor and then ship him out. So you, you would have, you would have kept him. Um, So I'm not really worried about Marlon Mack as most people seem to be. Um, I just, I think that it could almost be his job to lose. And if anything, he'll come in and be a number two and eventually take over as the lead back goes on. He is a very, very big guy. Um, great speed, great hands. You know, I, th- I mean, I know a lot of people are very high on Brees Hall and, uh, and Walker and Kenneth Walker, but I think Damian Pierce, he's just got the best chance even this season being the most relevant back. You know, again, we've got Michael Carter up there with the Jets. He's going to get a lot of receiving work. Um, it's going to take away from some touches from Brees Hall. Kenneth Walker, I think is going to have to definitely play behind Rashad Penny. I think Damian Pierce just has a really decent shot of, of taking over. I mean, they got Rex Burkhead down there. They got Royce Freeman. I'm not worried about either one of those guys. And then again, I'm not overly worried about Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack will probably be the opening day starter, but I think Damian Pierce has a good chance to quickly take over that um, that running back core and be very impactful. He's got a great tool set. Um, and again, it's just a really, really good landing spot for him. Offensive line definitely still needs some work, but they they, they put some pieces together. Um, I think he's just, he's really built to just to run and go. Like he can take some hits. He's a big sturdy football player. I think, I, I just, I love this. I love this landing spot for him 100%. So sorry guys, you'll get over it, but uh, I do have Damian Pierce as my number two. On top of that, I've also got James Cook as my number three, and here's why: uh, James Cook is he's a very talented running back, uh, definitely, and he freaking went to Buffalo. The one thing that Buffalo has really been missing the whole time, outside maybe of a you know a second corner and and a, and a safety, but. Uh, James Cook, dude, going to Buffalo and in a great offense. And here's the thing is they don't really need him to, to run that much. You know, you've got a great running back in Josh Allen, you know, let's be, let's be honest here. Josh Allen's their running back and you still have Devin Singletary there, which whatever. Um, but James Cook's going to be able to come in. He can pl- pass block. He's probably got some of the best hands um, in this, in this running back group. And he can go out wide. He can split into the uh, the slot. They could use him as just as a decoy because he's such a good receiver. And then again, he can run through the tackles and outside. He's got great burst, great acceleration. Um, and at any point, he can take it to the house. Like he's, 
he's just very, very good. Um, he could also rattle off huge chunk plays. I thought it was really interesting that 40% of his uh, 21 rushing totals came off of 10 plus yards. So we're not talking like, you know, Zeke Elliott, four f- yards here, five yards there, 15, four, four, three, you know, pulled back a couple, you know, not, he can get some really, really big chunk plays. And I think it's a great fit after they struck out on McKissick and go, going back to the commanders. I think this is actually a better play for them in general. I think James Cook has a way better opportunity to be efficient in this game or on this team than JD McKissick could have been. But I think this works out a lot better for Buffalo and James Cook in that matter. We already talked about Kenneth Walker being my number four and my number five. Um, surprisingly, not too far off of what Devin had um, was Tyler Algier from Atlanta. Again, that's just because Atlanta's offense just sucks so bad, and he's another really solid running back. He's just he's a big, big back. Uh, 1,300 total yards and 11 games in 2020. Um, he put up some crazy numbers um, in 2021. 1,600. He was a number three in the nation. Uh, NCAA best 23 touchdowns. And he also had uh, almost 200 yards as a receiver. So he can also catch out of the backfield on a team that, you know, they got Cordell Patterson. He's going to be kind of their universal kind of guy, but maybe bringing in a more traditional style running back can free him up to do some other weird things as well. I think there's a great play for Atlanta to be able to go and get him. Um, again, he's, he's just, he's built like a tank. So he's going to be a downhill power back, lower the pads, hit some people. Uh, and I think he's another one of those guys that can have a more immediate impact. So you're, he's not really going to have to fight. I don't think overly hard. I think he can easily come in and be the number two back in this, in this offense. Um, I mean, Mike Davis is garbage. Even Patterson, you know, he's not the most amazing running back, but again, with his receiving ability, he's definitely worth it. So I just think that he'll be able to come in and take a huge workload and uh, be very efficient with it as well. So those are my, uh, those are my top five. I do want to throw out here. I don't know why Hassan Haskins was uh, on this list. I think it's an absolute joke, but, and even Isaiah Spiller. So, I mean, that's his problem. He can explain it to me another time, but I, I mean, that was dumb. So there you go. Those are Caleb's top five, uh, rookie running backs. Now let's head to uh, some rookie rookie wide receivers. We'll probably be a little bit closer on these, um, maybe, but uh, <laughs> I guess we'll see. I'm just going to do my top five again. I actually got these listed out to my top 10 on all of them, but we'll just do my top five. Number one, and I know this is the same as, as Devin's, is Drake London at Atlanta. Again, just on such a bad offense, you know, Marcus Mariota needed somebody to throw to. <laughs> And so they went out and got a, a big body. He's fast. He's great route runner, fantastic hands, good body control. Um, out of USC, again, just uh, Drake London. I mean, he's, I think he's going to be way better than Amon Ra. And look at what he was able to do in Detroit last year. So just imagine that on a better level. So Drake London is by far the better wide receiver out of that group. And he's going to come into, again, an offense that doesn't even have a dominant number one outside of their tight end, Kyle Pitts, and their running back. Cordell Patterson. So Drake London's definitely going to be efficient. Now, when looking at these running backs and wide receivers, I know I said this in Prevost earlier, I think depending on how high you are, you know, again, I'm out on Kenneth Walker right now. 
and it's not the, again, it's not the talent, just the landing spots. I actually, and my rookie dynasty draft recently took Drake London at the number two spot. So I didn't need a running back. Um, I, I made some trades in the off season, got some running backs cause I knew I wasn't going to get Brees Hall at, um, at the number two spot. I went ahead and made some trades to get a running back that I was a little bit more happier with than what I had. So I went ahead and went wide receiver here at number two and grabbed Drake London. And I think that's a fantastic play. Um, again, depending on how high you are on Kenneth Walker, I can see some of these wide receivers going off the board a little bit sooner than these running backs. So just keep that in mind, guys, if you're getting ready to go into a rookie dynasty draft, these wide receivers, a lot of these wide receivers landed in way better spots than these running backs. So my number two, and we differ here. I don't even know how we differ here. I, I think this is ridiculous, but Garrett Wilson to the Jets. Guys, I'm not even worried about Elijah Moore or Corey Davis. I think this is going to be the Wilson and Moore train. I think Corey Davis is going to be kind of on his way out here. The, Garrett Wilson is a phenomenal wide receiver. And, you know, the Wilson 2.0 or Wilson, you know, X2 with Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson, what, however you want to kind of go about it, the Wilson to Wilson plays, I think are just going to be massive. He's an f- amazing route runner. He's going to get downfield. And I think Zach Wilson's going to have an absolute joy to be able to throw to this guy. We're going to see what Zach Wilson's going to be like this year. I know a lot of people are kind of like, oh, well, Zach Wilson, he was terrible last year. Well, he was not great, but his offensive line was also really bad. Had no time to throw the football. So they shored up that. They got CJ Uzama there at the tight end position. They brought in, um, got some people in the draft to be able to, to bolster that offensive line. Zach Wilson's going to have a ton of weapons. And I think Garrett Wilson is, again, just going to be another phenomenal wide receiver in this league. And I cannot believe that people have him slotted as a number th- a number three in some or even later. I think, uh, yeah, Devin had him at the number four. So ridiculous, but whatever. Uh, number three for me, Traylon Burks. I wasn't a massive fan coming in to the draft of Traylon. And the reason is, is because he's such a big dude. Like he is huge and he's just a slot guy. So I'm curious to see how Tennessee is going to utilize him. but they really tried to replace AJ Brown. And it's funny because if you go look at Traylon Burks, his comp is AJ Brown. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I guess that makes sense. Trade AJ Brown, get AJ Brown jr. However you want to look at that. Um, but I do think Traylon Burks has the opportunity to be very impactful this season. So if you needed to have somebody on your team, that's going to come in and be able to be a day one starter on your dynasty team, or even in redraft, like this guy's going to have some, he's going to make some plays this year. He's very, very quick. He can get downfield and he's a big bodied guy. He can definitely shoulder off some of those smaller inside corners that are going to have to go on him. Even if they bring in as somebody a little bit bigger, I think he's still going to be able to have, enough physicality to get past him. So Traylon Burks is definitely by far my number three, which happens to coincide with what Devin said. Um, but we won't even get to his number two yet. Uh, my number four, um, again, believe it or not, I love the landing spot, but sky Moore. I know that they were looking to want to replace Tyreek Hill. He's definitely not going to be a Tyreek Hill, hundred percent replacement. Um, I don't think they have the same speed level, <laughs> I guess, or knack maybe um, yet to be able to get open. I mean, Tyreek Hill, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. He's a great wide receiver. He always found a way to get open. But as he 
improved at the wide receiver position. I mean, his route running just got better and better. Sky Moore is a pretty solid route runner. He's he's pretty quick, um, but I think he's going to fit into this offense very, very well. I think he's going to quickly become Patrick Mahomes, one of his more favorite receivers. I'm not really worried about Juju. Juju has struggled at times to be able to be a number one in the offense. Just look at what happened when Antonio Brown left Pittsburgh. He definitely struggled. Even then, look at what he's just done the last couple of years. I mean, he's not even been the dominant number one in Pittsburgh. You've had Deontay Johnson come in. They ended up drafting Chase Claypool because, again, Juju just kind of disappeared, which is sad because he's still a very young and he he is talented. Um, but I think Sky Moore is definitely going to be able to come in with this MVS and with Juju and and play that slot role and play it very, very well. My last guy I wanted to talk about um, at my number five, which again, he Devin didn't talk about. Don't know why. Maybe it's because he won't be super impactful this year, but I'm going to tell you right now, moving forward, he definitely will be. And that's Jamison Williams out in Detroit. Look, I know he's not going to be super huge this coming season just because of his, his ACL tear. But Jamison Williams, if, if he didn't have that ACL tear, we would be talking about him at the number one position. The only reason I have him at number five is because I do understand that he's not going to be at 100% all season this year. But moving forward, he will easily be arguably one of the best wide receivers that come out of this draft. I think Detroit was able to get him at a steal, so congrats to them. Um, the fact that he didn't even have J, uh, Jamison Williams on his list or even as a, what he called an, an honorable mention is, I, I mean, it's almost a slap in the face. I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest. I think Jamison Williams is an amazing wide receiver. I don't need to keep going on about why he's so great, but he's going to fit in in Detroit. Detroit's got DJ Chark on a one-year deal. So, he, I mean, that's not long-term. Amon Rao really kind of broke out later in the year. Yes, they got Jared Goff, but I think Detroit is an up-and-coming team. And I think... For them to be very successful, Jamison Williams is going to be, he's going to make it happen. Let's just put it that way. He's, he's going to make that team successful when he's, when he's healthy. Um, last person I want to talk about was, uh, this is outside my rankings, is uh, the fact that he had Christian Watson at number two. Okay. So, and I need to talk to a few people about this. Um, there's Super Steve, by the way, in my Dynasty League one of my dynasty leagues that's also super high on and we had fun smack talking going back and forth. Let's just do this. All right, yes, Christian Watson, he is a big guy. He ran a 4-3. Yes, he he he's good. Okay? And yes, he's got Aaron Rodgers that he's going to be throwing the football, you know, to Christian Watson. I understand what is attractive about Christian Watson. Now, let me tell you why I'm not attracted <laughs> to Christian Watson and why he was not on my draft board, and why I have him ranked as my number seven wide receiver. And that's also behind George Pickens from Pittsburgh, who I'm also a lot more high on than Christian Watson. But Christian Watson, when you look at him playing at North Dakota State, watch any game film. Okay, one of the things that they always talk about is, oh, look how open he is. Yeah, he is open because he's really fast. But if you watch the routes that he's running, there are a lot of fives just straight to the house. There are a lot of posts. He's not running phenomenal routes. He does not have an efficient route tree. I don't see him being able to all of a sudden come into Green Bay and then he can run the full, the full spectrum of routes. I don't see it happening. Um, he's also going to have to get better in the middle of the field. Um, I just There's not a lot that I like 
about it right now. I think if you look at him, he does have some talent. I get it. I I understand why people would be so excited about him um, because of just, again, his ridiculous speed. I just don't want to, I'm not taking a shot on that. I'm just, I'm just not. And I'm not banking on the fact that all of a sudden he's going to be the Devonte Adams replacement. When I look at Devonte Adams, one of the reasons why he was so successful is when he came out into the league, he wasn't thrown into the fire right away. He was able to succeed behind like Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, who are kind of more Aaron Rodgers go to, you know, then he broke out when those guys left, you know, before those two, you had Donald driver and Greg Jennings, you know, there's always a dominant number one. We, we, you hear it all the time that there's always been a dominant number one on that Packers offense for Aaron Rodgers to throw to. Now, all of a sudden you're saying that Christian Watson's going to be that guy. Rodgers has barely, I don't, I think the stat that I saw the other day that I don't think he's even thrown 40 targets to a rookie wide receiver before in a season. If that's the case, where do you think Christian Watson's all of a sudden going to get his 110 targets and 14 touchdowns? I just don't see it happening. So my thing, and it's crazy to sit here and say, but my thing is I like Romeo Dubs a little bit more. I mean, I know he's ranked pretty low on some people's boards, somewhere around 15 to 20 in the wide receiver position. But I just, I don't know, man. I just feel like he's a way better route runner. He's got very good hands and great body control. And he's just going to be more of a possession guy. And I think that Rodgers is going to end up liking somebody that can run routes versus somebody that can just get down the field really fast. Um, So we'll just have to wait and see. I know we're going to end up having some sort of bet on this one because Again, Devin's got him at the two and I've got him at the seven. So something's going to have to come of this, but again, doesn't matter that, that that's my list. I do know that he, um, also honorably mentioned, uh, Chris Olave. I just, another guy I want nothing to do with. I don't like the landing spot at all in new Orleans, no quarterback. Really? We don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara. And I just, I don't see that, that small frame of his holding up down there in new Orleans. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump into our tight ends. I only got a few I want to talk about here. Uh, Trey McBride, obviously, is going to be our number one down in Arizona. I still don't understand why Arizona drafted him, but whatever. So we don't need to get into that. But he's got great hands, gets downfield, great blocker. He's fantastic. Now, I do know that Devin only talked about Trey uh, Trey McBride, but I also want to throw out Jelani Woods from Indy. I think he's a fantastic fit out there in Indianapolis. Um, If you're an Indy fan, you should be very excited to get a Jelani Woods. He's a big dude. And I don't care that much about Moali Cox, even though there's already hype happening from that because they had video of him playing with Matt Ryan. But the last guy I wanted to talk about was Greg Dolchich uh, from Denver. I've been watching a lot of behind the scenes stuff from like the draft and, you know, from different teams. And one thing that really stood out to me, and this probably happens with most picks anyway, but the excitement that not only Russell Wilson had, but Nathaniel Hackett had with drafting Greg was kind of telling about, all right, man, he can be used. He's not the best blocker. He's definitely going to be used more in the passing game. So I'm just saying, if you guys are looking for maybe a tight end option, might be a little bit of a sleeper here, but I'm kind of excited to see what can happen here in Denver with him. So if you guys want to take a shot, I think he's a great shot. You can get him maybe in that third, you know, mid to late third round and just kind of stash him on the bench a little bit and see 
what can happen, especially in your dynasty leagues. Redraft, don't don't take a shot. He'll be there in free agency down the road. Um, but definitely in your dynasty league, take a take a shot on him. Now let's jump into my quarterbacks, top five quarterbacks here. And then we'll be uh then we'll be done, boys. Ah, oh, this might this might hurt some people. I'm gonna get some flack for this as well. But uh, my number one quarterback is not Kenny Pickett. It's not Malik Willis. It's actually Desmond Ritter. I absolutely love Desmond Ritter. I've liked him ever since going through this whole entire draft process before he even got to Atlanta. I thought this was a fantastic landing spot for him being in Atlanta behind Marcus Mariota, where he can kind of learn a little bit. He's not going to get thrown in right away. And I can already see the future of Ritter to London and just, you know, in the pits. And it's just so exciting to sit here and think about he is a one. He is the guy, the kind of quarterback that you want, not only on the field, but off the field as well. He is a good dude. Um, I love listening to his story and just some of the things that he's done in his community. He's just a fantastic individual. Again, going to Atlanta, um, sitting behind Marcus, I think is going to be just fantastic for him to be able to see what the NFL is like. And down the road, maybe a year or two, you know, he's on a two-year contract. So maybe Ritter comes in after that second year um, when Mariota, you know, might end up going somewhere else and he'll be ready to go. But do not be surprised, guide guys, if Desmond Ritter is the best quarterback in this draft, it will not be immediate. Okay. If you're looking immediate, you can go draft Kenny Pickett. But if you're, if you're not looking for somebody that's going to have immediate success because he's not going to start, but will be a good phenomenal starter in about two, maybe three years, the next 10, maybe 12 years, Desmond Ritter is going to be your guy. After that, I like Malik Willis. Okay, I do. I love Malik Willis. I like his intangibles. I think what he has to offer Tennessee is completely different than what Ryan Tannehill has to offer. Um, I mean, it's literally the exact opposite. Um, big bodied guy that can get down the field and run. Uh, one thing that I'm hoping that he can learn from Ryan Tannehill, which it, it's already came out. He's not going to teach him if he learns from him. That's one thing, but he's not going to teach him anything. If that's going to be the mentality, that's fine. Um, but I'm hoping one thing that he learns is where he can kind of grow as just a pocket passer. I don't want him to keep having that. Uh, okay. My first read's not there. I need to run mentality, which is what he had at Liberty. Um, he does have a decent arm. It's fairly accurate, but I think that Ryan Tannehill might be able to kind of, he'll be able to learn from somebody that's been doing more of a pocket passer mentality uh, than he's been having to do at Liberty. So I think it's going to be a good fit. We'll just have to see how they're going to utilize them. I, again, and not somebody that's going to come in and have immediate success. Ryan Tannehill is going to be the guy. Uh, so we'll kind of see where Malik Willis will fall into that play. But if you are looking for somebody that's going to have some success this year or has at least the opportunity to maybe start this year, uh, everybody's getting a little bit more high on is Kenny Pickett and Pitt. He's my number three on the board. The reason he's my number three and not my number one, I think he might have more of an impact sooner. I do not think he's going to have an impact longer. Okay. So when you're looking at dynasty and you go take one of these guys, you know, Kenny Pickett might be a decent quarterback, you know, for maybe two or three, four years, you know, at a, at a decent level, you know, I, I don't, I don't see him being much more than a Ryan Tannehill type quarterback to, and to be completely honest, a uh, game manager type. And, and I gotta hate those stupid two glove things, but whatever. Um, He'll be able to figure it out, I guess. But, but that's just my thing is I, I just don't see him being very successful long-term. 
Um, if you're wanting something a little bit more long-term, I'm going to take my shot with Ritter, maybe Willis. I'm definitely going after Ritter. Uh, and then past that, I got Marat Corral at four, Sam Howell at five. Neither one of these guys I find that are going to be overly successful right away. Matt Corral has a good opportunity in Carolina. I do not like Sam Howell in Washington. Um, I just don't like any other quarterbacks right now either to put in that fifth spot. But um, Matt Corral could be interesting if he can kind of get some of his off the field stuff taken care of, if he can really figure out, you know, his, some of his depression issues or those mental health issues, which is plaguing a lot of people right now. So we do need to kind of pay attention to that um, and be respectful of it. But uh, I really hope Matt Corral can kind of figure that out because he's got a cannon arm. And I think going down to Carolina, he can really use that arm to sling it all across the field. I just don't think he has a chance of starting this year. We're going to see what they're going to look like for Cam Newton, uh, you know, Sam Darnold, <laughs> we'll just, we'll just kind of see what Carolina is going to do. It would be hard to, for me to see Matt Corral starting over Sam Darnold. I think something terrible would have to happen for that to take place, but uh, he is somebody that's intriguing. I do think they're all draftable um, except Sam Howell. I don't think he's draftable whatsoever, but the other four guys, you can definitely, you can definitely draft in your dynasty leagues. Um, again, with Ritter being my go-to, but all right, guys, that's it. Those are my top. Those are my top guys at each position. Uh, let me know your thoughts. All right, you can let us know at the football. No, I apologize at the Monsters FB on all of our social media platforms. See, that's what happens when I take weeks off. Can't remember our social media stuff. Um, but again, you can outreach us on Twitter. You can do that through Discord. You can come check us out um, anywhere our podcasts are being uh, listened to. You can also send us some questions. And then again, let me know your thoughts. If you think my rankings seem a little bit more normal than Devin's, um, I know he's not here to fight back right now, but we will next week. We'll fight about some of this stuff, so no worries. Um, But thanks again, guys, for listening to another episode of the Football Monsters podcast. Your host again was Caleb, and I'll catch you next time. Forgotten, creeping in the dark, waiting for you.